0: All right, what's happening? Welcome into the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast.
1: It's two brothers, as always, me, Sammy. And me, George. Welcome on in. Sammy, this is the first time we've done a Seattle podcast in a long, long time with any disappointment, really.
0: That's true. We've had a lot of positive Mariners podcasts and a lot of positive Seahawks stuff after last week. Um, But this week, here we are. A negative loss. uh, Unfortunate loss. For the Seahawks, but I guess we can talk some optimism today. There is some possibility to speak some optimism today just because of the fact that at one and one, we technically are still tied for first place in the (laughs) NFC
1: West. Yeah, with everyone, every single team now in the NFC West is one and one after the Cardinals' miraculous comeback victory.
0: Yeah, uh, which is pretty shocking. You'd think somebody would have started two and oh or oh and two. Um, But the Seahawks, you know, they definitely looked much better last week than they looked this week. That's one thing, I guess, to start with is I know last week and I think we talked about it then that we thought there might be a high potential for this to be an extremely emotional victory. Um, A victory that (laughs) is a lot of emotions and it kind of was a lot of emotion. The Seahawks won last week based off of a lot of emotion, heart, Russell Wilson playing like crap, which he kind of did again today, even though they won. But then this week, it kind of just felt like, okay, well, the, the Geno Smith magic is not there. And I, granted, the 49ers defense is great, but there was just nothing. There felt like there was no special extra oomph today, to say the least.
1: Yeah, overall, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, look, we've now gone, what, six straight quarters without scoring a touchdown. So, I mean, I don't have to be a genius in football to tell you. That's not good. Uh, overall, the offense can't get moving and it's really sad to watch, especially I felt like the offense actually had some momentum a couple times in this game and then after we get momentum, something bad happens or a bad play call by the coaching staff.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, I'll I'll take that I'm going to take that a step back for a second because the whole bad play call by the coaching staff, I know you're trying to say the, the trick play. One thing about the trick play is it was also just a fucking awful throw i mean like if it worked first of all we would say yes. it was a good idea but i wouldn't i don't like the whole concept of blaming the coaches in situations like that because sometimes that works out and you love it i mean the seahawks had a trick Absolutely. play earlier in the game and it worked out if it wasn't for kind of a weak uh call of an ineligible person whatever downfield because i don't even know maybe he was by like an inch that that call by the way is so outdated in the nfl that should not be a I'm really against the receiver downfield, like when the line the, the lineman's like one yard too far past the line of scrimmage. Yeah,
1: there's- yeah. I mean, there's like way down the field, and then there's like just barely down the field, and that's what it was. It was much different call. I don't like that either.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's it's crazy. Like, um, and there was a lot of calls on the Seahawks corners. We have a bunch of young guys like Michael Jackson, Woolen, and and um Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant that make yeah. a lot of mistakes. And I think it's just that that's what the Seahawks are. I I mean, unfortunately, and I'm usually very optimistic. I think what we saw today is more of what the Seahawks are, obviously, than what we saw in week one, right? Today was a little bit more of a reality check that Geno Smith's Geno Smith. um, I mean, the offense, I can't even tell you outside of that, maybe two drives, they made it past the 50-yard line.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The problem with the offense to me was – Basically, anytime we had some rhythm, for example, like we talked about the trick play, but even in the fourth quarter, twenty to seven, we have the ball, we're marching downfield. I think we threw the ball four straight times, and Geno Smith four straight like first downs. And Tyler Lockett had eleven catches, really had some momentum. Got to the fifty-yard line. Then we ran a running play, which I I totally understand. I've always been a run the ball guy. But down 13 with like eight, nine minutes left, run the ball. We get minus three yards. Then we're forced to, you know, drop back and pass when it's an obvious passing situation. And the 49ers ate us up after that. So that like I feel like despite the offense not moving as much, there is room for optimism because of Geno Smith is. Look, Gino was 24 for 30 197, no touchdowns in a pick. The pick wasn't completely his fault. But there is some optimism on the offense. I don't think he looked completely dead against a really good defensive team. I mean, the 49ers might be a top-five defense in the NFL. So I, I have a little bit of more optimism about the offense, but I just didn't like the play-calling personally.
0: I, I don't know what you watched today. I was watching the game with you. I don't know which game you watched to have optimism about geno smith like okay even 24 for 30 on a bunch of dump passes had zero touchdowns our offense has not scored a single touchdown since the second quarter of the first game it has been six straight quarters of no offense rashad penny had 15 rushing yards and kenneth walker had 10 and travis homer had nine we had 36 rushing yards absolutely uh, the offense is awful i mean like in in what sucks about it like I I don't think there is much. I mean, even Geno Smith last week, as much as it was really fun in the first half, he actually played great. Mm -hmm. He had a very like great. He has both games. He had 80% completion percentages, but we're talking about like, you know, not like very high yardage and he's not making crazy plays, which is fine. We are not looking for him to be Tom Brady or like Patrick Mahomes, but
1: exactly. He's not
0: very good. I mean, like in this is something we saw with Russell Wilson, who as much as we hate on and say that, you know, he played like shit again today. Even with Russell Wilson, who is much better than Geno Smith, we had a really shitty offense a lot of the year yeah. last year. I mean, remember how bad the offense got at certain points right. last year?
1: Yeah, like, I don't know why, though. I don't know why. Like, I'm telling you, like, I, we, I don't know how to explain this other than I felt like we also shot ourselves in the foot. Anytime the offense did have momentum, we get down, we run a trick play, we got the ball out of Geno's hands. We throw an interception. We get to the 50 yard line, only down 13 with a chance to really cut it to a one point game. We run, our offensive line can't hold to get us even three, four yards rushing. I think the biggest yeah. problem, despite, uh, look, I'm with you. Geno Smith's not great. Geno Smith is not the answer, probably long term at quarterback. Like we'd be lying to ourselves if we said he was, right? But he might not
0: be the answer like in two weeks.
1: Maybe. But you know what the biggest problem is, Sammy, is the running running game today. When you have 14 carries for 36 yards and 2.6 yards per carry, I don't care who your quarterback is. There's nothing you can do. We could not run the ball. We were in second and nine, third and 11, over and over and over and over and over again. And that's really the biggest issue. We need that running game to be humming. Because it was humming in the first half against the Broncos, and we were able to you know open up, do play action, and it and it wasn't humming since the first half against the Broncos. So we, I think fixing the running game is the number one priority. I just think we're bad at offense. <laughs> like
0: I, I like all these ideas, but they're just bad at offense. I mean, seventy six yards last week rushing. Also, that's not very much. If you take away Geno Smith's fourteen yards, we were talking sixty two yeah. rushing yards from running backs. Absolutely and horrible. As much as we won last week. I credit our winning to a lot of the red zone defense that stopped Russell Wilson and the Broncos on the one yard line. What, three times, twice? Three, three times. times? And we did it yeah. and we
1: did it again today.
0: Exactly. But that's it. Our only points were a blocked field goal in the red zone. And then last mm-hmm. week we didn't score a single point since the second quarter. I mean, we've probably had a total of like thirty five rushing yards in, in well, like since in the last since six the quarter. since the
1: first half. Yeah, yeah. Since yeah. the first half of the and Denver
0: game. Geno Smith hasn't been much better. And I I think that's where it's not just about the run game. It's about everything. And I think as a realistic Seahawks fan, you got to look today and kind of remember that a lot of people said this was a tank season right now. Maybe, maybe week one got us a little too hyped, a little too excited because this was a little embarrassing. Um, this is the type of games where I actually think maybe somebody like drew Locke, who obviously is not impressed the Seahawks, staff because he did not win the job over Gino, but these are the type of games where I say, could he have maybe done something a little more exciting than Gino Smith? Probably now he might make more mistakes too, but today was that type of day where I was like, we could have used somebody like drew lock that like, you know, has kind of that Jameis Winston mentality, the fuck it, like, we'll see what happens though. That sometimes works with a team that's this bad offensively.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I guess you could try that, but as long as you're not running the ball, it doesn't matter. You can put, uh, you can, I mean, unless it's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen back there. It's going to be really hard to move the ball without running at all. And I mean, that's especially with a Pete Carroll led team. I mean, that's his like bread and butter is run the ball, play action, you know, pounding football. If you can't do that with this team, there's nothing you can do. You have to run the ball.
0: Yeah, I agree. But whether you run it or not, if they can't get yards, they can't get yards. That's. <laughs> Just the reality, right, the, right, yeah, yeah. And if your quarterback sucks, your quarterback sucks. I'm, so, I
1: will, but I don't like. I, I don't think there's any, any, any blame on Geno Smith here. Like the way he played was fine. Like, okay, what, what did you want him to do there? Like he got the ball. Nothing. He
0: can't do it. Whatever he would do, he can't do it. So it's not like. So there is blame. He's not a good enough quarterback, and our offense must be pretty bad because last year. Even with Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. the same things happen. But our offense is yes, pretty bad. Yes, that's the problem. Like, yeah,
1: that's why I'm saying it's not the quarterback. Even with Russell Wilson, our offense looked like this. But it is partially the
0: quarterback. quarterback. It was partially Russell Wilson's fault who we've seen. Denver's had one of the worst okay. offenses yeah. in the okay. entire I mean, NFL. Denver lost fair. to the Seahawks and almost lost to the Texans. And yeah. the first two weeks, Russell Wilson was getting booed in Denver for how bad the offense was. So, yeah, the quarterback plays a big role. Patrick Mahomes is on our team. We'll probably figure it out. Or if Kyler yeah, Murray, yeah. Do you see what Kyler Murray did today, he probably f- he figures it out. James Conner went down. Kyler Murray did everything that last like two drives for the car. Right, right. So I think at the end of the day, that's kind of my main point is that you're right. It's not like Geno Smith's fault, but oh, there's a huge part that he's not good enough as a quarterback is why we suck at offense. And there's also a huge part to. Us having no run games, so why we're so bad at offense? Like yeah. I know, I know there's one problem that's not, or one, the one thing that's not a problem is our receiving core. We have more than mm-hmm. with Lockett, Metcalf, Noah <laughs> yes. Fant, and Noah Fant's a great tight end. Like that part, totally fine. So it's obviously everything else.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. I, I, I can agree with you on on all that. The weapons are there. There's no excuse um, to not be able to do that. even the running backs. We have the right running backs. Supposedly Penny yeah. did lead. Supposedly. The, I mean, Penny led what the last five weeks in rushing yards. I mean, if you block for him, he can do something.
0: <laughs> yeah. But Damian Lewis went down today. Offensive and already, you know. In shambles. Yeah. Deteriorating, I I'd, I'd say. Um well, somebody asked, was Damian Lewis back? He on TikTok, yeah, he was back. Um, uh, but he left the game, I think, like beginning of third quarter or end of in second def- quarter.
1: and definitely not a hundred percent when he was in there. No, 100%.
0: Um, see, somebody asked also, do you think Drew Locke should start or have gone in the game? Personally, I know George doesn't blame Gino. I'm, I, I think this game, no, you're not going to throw him in the middle of the yeah. game. This would be just like too much of a we gave up type of thing, but. I do think there's a chance you see drew lock this year personally, because, but I don't know. Oh, maybe,
1: I, would, oh, I would agree with that. There's a chance you lose to see drew Locke. a
0: shit ton of games. If you lose a shit ton of games, you can also make the argument that the Seahawks will just be like, let's just keep losing. We're going to get the fifth pick in the draft. There's right. also
1: that argument. No, no, totally. But at the end of the day, I think as much as everyone wants to believe that this is a tank season, obviously it's not a tank season by the players or the coaching staff. Cause at the end of the day, P. Carroll, seventy-one years old, he wants to keep. He wants to win. It's not like he has ten years of rebuilding. And then we got the Falcons and Lions in next two weeks. Like we might look at this game and be like, "Oh, that was just a really good San Francisco team that was in the NFC Championship game last year." That many people who said if, if Jimmy Garoppolo was a quarterback, which he ended up becoming the quarterback, um, that this team could be a Super Bowl caliber team. So maybe it's it's the two options. Maybe we're really bad, but I, I think it's more that the 49ers are actually a really good football team, especially on the defensive side of the football.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I just think the Seahawks aren't very good, but I think what you can really, you, what you can really, I guess, be a 100, 110, 120% clear about yeah. is starting by, by the end of week four, you'll definitely know what the answers are. First of all, by the end of week four, we'll know if we're going to see Drew Lock play
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, by the end of week four, we're going to know if the Seahawks win against the Broncos was a fluke, or if this loss was kind of a fluke. And the 49ers are just really good by the end of week four, which is after our next two games, we'd have faced the Falcons next week. And then we go face Detroit. We have the Falcons at home. Yeah, if Falcons you home. can't like compete in that game, like if it looks like this week, and I know the Falcons came back against the Rams, but they lost and they came, they had, they came back against, or they blew a lead against the saints they lost. The Falcons aren't a very good football team either. Agreed. So if you can't beat them at home or at least have a close game, you know we're really bad. And then on top of that if you go to Detroit, who's not that bad, but like they're not good either. They might not be a playoff team and you don't win that game. If you start off 1 and 3 with losses to the Falcons and okay, Lions, well, then then, that's then yeah, know. that's a
1: then you know you're a bad team. But, if, but I also don't think if you split those two games, I think at the end of the day we're not going to look at ourselves as a good or bad team. I think I think this is a nine and eight, eight and nine, seven and ten type of team. Like seven to nine wins is the uh, ceiling for this team. The ceiling. Yeah, like six,
0: seven wins maybe after seeing today, because the Rams and the Cardinals Mm -hmm. are are definitely probably better than the Seahawks. Now, I think we have some out of division. I think we played the Jets at one point. Obviously, we have the Falcons and the Lions. Um, Don't sleep on Joe
1: Flacco and the Jets.
0: Yeah, I know, but those are the easier ones. Those yeah. are the easier games compared to these NFC West games. So maybe we'll have a chance at that point, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I think the next two weeks is going to tell us every single thing we're going to want to know about this team, whether we're a tank team, whether we're a fringe, you know, seven, eight win team um, or if we're actually decent, because like you said, maybe the. 49 are just fucking good because they had Jimmy Garoppolo today after, unfortunately, Trey Lance broke his ankle, so he's out for the year. But Jimmy Garoppolo is back in. That team might be better if Jimmy Garoppolo because they literally went to a Super Bowl with him and went to I, NFC I think they are last better with him personally. Yeah, and last, we'll week they went, last year, they went to the NFC Championship and were a play away from making the Super Bowl. So maybe they're just really good. But I think you have to wait and see after week four, because that's when we're going to know. And then we're going to know what's going to happen with a lot of these guys on the team. Like, I don't know. I saw a question on TikTok here, which was like, how long will DK stay patient? DK Metcalf got, DK Metcalf got angry last year with Russell Wilson and different things. Um, Tyler Lockett had a lot of like bad body language after, you know, he gets bumped into on the punt and he had a hundred yards, but like the offense fucking sucked. And at some point it's hard to have a lot of vets on a team while things are crashing down, right? Vets that are used to winning, like DK Metcalf. Right. I know he's young, but he's used to winning games. He's been in the playoffs already. Tyler Lockett's used to like trying to be a Super Bowl contender, right? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out if 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 we continue to play like this. Obviously well, I'll tell the you, hope is we play better.
1: I don't see. I mean, like for example, how long will DK stay patient? DK knew very well when he signed that extension who the quarterbacks were, so. I think he's going to be willing to. St- I mean, stay patient for. Yeah, he might have uh, thought it was
0: Drew Locke. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I said who
1: the quarterbacks were, multiple. Fair. So at the end of the day, I actually don't think uh, DK is going to. I mean, he might make noise. He might be pissed, but it's not like he's going to be like, "Oh, uh, this is not the NBA." He's not going to be like, "I need to get traded to a bigger market." Yeah, he did, and he did literally sign the contract like two months ago. That <laughs> yeah, two months ago. So like, I don't know. I I for usually like last year I was. The pessimistic uh, Seahawks fan. This year, you have taken over that role. I, I, I think this is just a really good 49ers team. I don't think we're a Super Bowl team or anything like that. We're a fringe playoff team, as I thought at the beginning of the season, and nothing's really changed for me to think. I think we're going to be inconsistent. I think we're going to be frustrating, but I think we're going to win eight or nine games, and that might be, you know, right on the fringe of a playoff team. Uh, yeah, and, and that's all we are. But to me, so, and I just, I really do think this 49ers team, we're going to look back at the end of the season, especially now with Jimmy Garoppolo, at quarterback, and I know we hate them. I know they're our rivals, but I think we're going to look back at that team who might be, you know, they might be in the Super Bowl at the end of the season. Maybe, but I don't know if they actually will. But, but I, I, I mean, I'm just
0: saying maybe, yeah. And I'm not being not optimistic. Like I said, I said, after the next two weeks, we'll know. But if you want to be realistic there's a huge difference between optimistic and realistic. If you want to be realistic, if the offense is anything, anything even close, like within, within a, whatever, a, a, give me a range within the percentage of what it looked like today. It's really fucking bad, right? Like in Geno Smith's really bad and mm-hmm. the run game's really bad. So that's where you have to be realistic. Now I I started the whole podcast with we're still tied for first in the NFC West. So a couple yeah. of wins here and there, you're, Yeah, you're in a different spot, but the offense needs to figure something out because you can't have what one red zone trip the entire game Mm -hmm. and then and then throw a running back pass for an interception. And that's the last time we see anywhere near
1: we didn't even get in field goal range. Well, I'm just wondering if DJ, I mean, did the coaching staff watch DJ Dallas throw balls before making that call? Because like that pass was awesome ugly like it wasn't like that was a very 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 ugly pass by dj dallas i don't know if it was just in nerves maybe in practice he throws darts but damn that was an ugly pass
0: yeah it was bad but he probably i mean they obviously practiced it so i mean like i i I understand the satire there but they obviously practice it to the seattle seahawks so he obviously can throw but maybe it was raining like shit today which it was actually not maybe it Mm -hmm. was raining like shit today in san francisco and you're nervous and it's It just doesn't work, and maybe he doesn't know what to do. And, you know, like, you can slide. You can, I don't know, throw the ball out of bounds. Like, he's not a quarterback. (laughs) So, in-game situation, it's hard to remember that type of stuff. But its its it sucks to see because that was our only red zone trip. And that changes the game. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, that's seven points, and that makes a completely different game. But I, I just think, I don't know, you can look at that play as much as you want. At the end of the day, we never once after that got in field goal range <laughs> you know like the fact that the yeah Seahawks no, it's not might not not passed the 50 yard line I, I don't know how many times did they pass the 50 yard line on offense
1: i think twice or three times i mean i know the one where they had to repunt it after going god it so good three four plays down down the field i think they got to either right outside the 50 yard line or right inside of it ran the ball of kenneth walker for five yard loss and then it was second like 15. <laughs> like. And the game was over. We never really got another yeah. chance after that. But here's one thing I want to kind of just shift focus to is the defense for a second. Um, one thing where I'm not optimistic about just, like, thinking about it in general is this Jamal Adams injury. The defense hasn't looked as – I mean, he was flying around during the first half of that Broncos game. And ever since then, like, I, uh, the defense – like, do you see how many people were open in the secondary and just didn't feel like we had that dynamic playmaker without Jamal Adams?
0: yeah. I mean, I think the defense is probably with or without him. I just don't know if the defense was is that great. Red zone, we're, exclude red zone. The red zone defense has been phenomenal. You're talking about like these teams able to drive on them because right. there has been a keen ability by the opposing team to get the ball and within three minutes be within the 25-yard line, right? Yeah. Like within the 25 or 20-yard line, within like literally two, three minutes. So... I think, uh, at like the, the that's just maybe it's Jamal Adams because he is a safety, but he's not a good cover safety either. I just think the defense is maybe just doesn't have all the right pieces yet. And I think the biggest part of it, um, is that every single one of our corners is like really young and that, inexperienced. That's very <laughs> true. And that doesn't help one iota. Yeah, it, it doesn't help at all. And that's the biggest problem with our defense is that every single corner is young and the receivers are getting wide open and I, yeah. And I agree. They did look much better week one, that first quarter with Jamal Adams out there. The defense seemed to be flying around. You have to remember that was first game of the year, Monday night football against Russell Wilson. There's a lot of emotion. The whole, everything looked better against the Broncos okay. for the Seahawks with or without Jamal Adams. Um But yeah, I think, I think it has more to do with these young corners, but the red zone defense has literally you know, been pretty phenomenal. We've stopped teams in the oh like God.
1: five red zone stops and a field goal and a field goal block for a touchdown, too. That counts as well. Yeah, that's what I mean by that's what that's what do you
0: think I'm saying by red zone style? I'm not talking about like settling for points, I'm talking about red zone stops as in like yeah. fumble, turnover on down, yeah, field goal just, block.
1: yeah. That. That's special teams, I guess. That's why I was like adding it, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, and yeah. th- that's been, I have to say, that's been by far the best, uh, the best feature of a team so far this
0: year. Yeah. They, that red zone defense has just been amazing. But at the end of the day, it only does so much, George, you need to put up points
1: on the board. Yeah. And, 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 and I guess, uh, as you say, uh, onto Atlanta, really, man, I'm, I think we're going to leave that Atlanta game feeling a lot better, especially at home. And we have to, I mean, if we, if we're two and one is a lot different than one and two going, I mean, obviously, but going for the rest of his season through three games being two and one, I think any Seahawks fan would have took that against Marcus Mariota too. Come on. Yeah, we, look, I'll have a much different tone to this podcast. If we lose to the Falcons, I I will have a much different tone. <laughs> yeah. You can't lose to the Falcons. No, no, you can't. can't. If you if lose to the Falcons, I'll come here and declare the season over right yeah. on spot. Like, like and, it's over. And if you beat the Falcons, if you find a way to beat the Falcons, and you're good
0: enough to beat the Falcons, the beauty of it is, what do you have next? The Detroit Lions. Now it's not an easy game to go to Detroit, East Coast time, and, and win. this might I'm not, not saying, be your
1: grandparents' Detroit Lions, as people yeah. say.
0: Well, these are the cardiac cats. <laughs> they the play cardiac. exactly like the. They play exactly like the Seahawks do. They like a yeah. lot of drama. They allow a lot of comebacks to happen. They do comebacks they, themselves. themselves. Um, so it would be a probably a a crazy game. So it's gonna uh, it's gonna be interesting. The Seahawks yeah. have to win because you have a chance to go to Detroit two and one to make yourself three and one. You like you said, that's much different than being one and two. Like exactly, and especially the start of a season. Well, hopefully it all works out. Well, I hope so. we're gonna be back all week as always. We we'll have something on probably we probably have two more pods this week. So you guys got to all check it out if you're listening on this podcast. You're on the YouTube, the Twitter, the TikTok, the Instagram Live. We are. It's called Sports On Tap Seattle Podcast. Um, you can find it on every single platform. So we'll be back a lot. We do Mariners and Seahawks as of now. Hopefully one day Sonics too.
1: And- <laughs> oh, I can't wait till the Sonics come back. And you know what? I'm gonna yeah uh, add something here to the end of this the end of this pod. I'm gonna call it the Husky Minute. One-minute Husky talk here at the end. That was a great win. Let's have something positive about the weekend, right? At least the Washington Huskies. I know the Mariners are getting (laughs) lost three in a row to the Angels, for Christ's sake. At least the Huskies beat Michigan State. Kalen DeBauer era looks good so far. It was on national TV. It's going to be good for recruiting. And it was maybe the biggest win in Huskies football since, I don't know when, maybe five, six years. So at least that's my Huskies minute. I'm happy they're now ranked 18th in the country according to the AP poll.
0: Yeah, it's good. Uh, hopefully they keep winning and don't have one of those uh, those tough random losses that they're used to because if they can in the first season with Kalen DeBoer, like go and make a college football playoff or be a top 10 team, like all of a sudden recruiting flips like this with a new coach um, and then all of a sudden you realize the Huskies are a powerhouse again, right? Just like that mm-hmm. if you can have a first season top 15 finish top 10 finish you literally become a recruiting powerhouse especially in the northwest there are no Absolutely. other schools other than oregon it's literally washington and oregon and northwest that's it there's no other teams to be recruited to like yeah you can say wazoo you can say oregon state no mm-hmm. one's going there if they have an offer to oregon or washington right so- those
1: are those are the two big powerhouses and with the with UCLA and USC looking like they're going to leave the Pac-12, uh, the Pac-10. I mean, those are going to be the two big dogs. That are probably going to be Washington and Oregon. So,
0: yeah, and I, I'm replying to a Twitter comment saying Penix is the real deal, and I, I think that guy is. He's second. Oh, in yes. pa- I think he's second in touchdowns or second in passing yards. One of the two and like fifth in touchdowns in. Interesting uh Seahawks go for
1: uh Seahawks go for Penix type of thing. Oh, you know, that, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. He has. I mean, like you said, I don't know like the stats college football is weird. Cause it's not like it's very, no one really was like, Oh, who's the leader? Cause it'll be like Eastern Kentucky's quarterback leads the nation. You know what I mean? But I'm looking at it now. You're right. He's second in uh the whole nation in passing yards of 1079 and to and two Davis burn from Tulsa. So I was right. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. right. But it's just like always like, that's why everyone's like, Oh, so who's the it, all, the leaders always like a random remember how wise quarterbacks used to lead the, every single year.
0: Yeah. But Bennox, I knew he was something up there. He's, uh, he's about to be, you're going to start seeing his name on draft boards in the next couple of weeks. Cause he was already kind of a big name in Indiana and now he's literally killing it in Washington. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe this guy takes Washington, uh takes Washington to the promised land this year. I'm yeah. not saying win a national championship. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I'm saying just like top 15, top 10 team, you all of a sudden you you change your next five years.
1: Yeah. And Especially he's second in touchdown And he's and he has another year of eligibility after this year, which is great. Um, he's actually second in touchdown passes also in the country. So second yeah, in yards okay. and That's I touchdowns. That's amazing. Yeah. But he probably, if he gets
0: that good this year, I mean, he could probably go to the NFL, not stay one more year. So mm-hmm. Very true. Let's, let's be careful what you root for. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't know how yeah. good we really want him to be. We want him to be good, but not too good. I agree with that. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Uh, we'll be back this week talking some, hopefully, you know, Mariners winning a game or something, and we'll be doing some Seahawks pods later in the week. So make sure you check us out everywhere at son seattle s-o-n-t seattle on all platforms youtube twitter instagram tiktok blah 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 and then this is called sports on tap seattle podcast on all platforms every single place you can find it so make sure you do that and check it out because uh any support means the world to us
1: yeah and if you like all sports check out the sports on tap podcast we do the whole nfl that comes out usually on tuesday so check that out as well just the sports on tap podcast
0: and uh despite uh sad day. I'm going to sign us off with a, oh yeah, the music that we do after every single podcast, just because why not? We're just going to rock it and peace out to uh, Instagram and TikTok. All right, Much Thank love. you, TikTok and Instagram. Peace. Can I get a ho? Huh?